Welcome to Cricket Only Better, episode 204. I'm Ed Hawkins. Is this the last of the hot, hot ashes heat? Will Australia douse England's fire? They remain in a must-win situation. The hosts, even the draw is not enough. Sam Collins, over to you. Yes, indeed, Hawkins. England's women have finally wilted. Australia have retained the ashes on the day that we record this podcast. The question is, a burning question, uh, to continue your heat um, methodology, whatever the word is. Uh, will the men follow suit? Uh, we will find out with expert opinion from five times Ashes winner Ian Bell. Welcome back, Ian. Hey, Sam. Hello. Uh, joined as ever by Paul Krishnamurti of Betting Dot Betfair behind the uh, Iron Curtain, it appears tonight. How are you, Paul? Very well. Hi, Sam. Lovely stuff. You're our inside man from Manchester. And um, just the other side of the Pennines is another man, uh, Richard Mann of SportingLive.com. Um, hello, Richard. Hello, all. No baby yet, Richard? Not yet, no. We've had plenty of false alarms, but no, we, okay. we've had a reprieve this far out anyway. Okay, well, let's hope we spared another 40 minutes. Um, right, Hawkins, um, over to you. Please tell us what is on this week's edition of The Ashes Betting Up. Yeah, well, we're going to tell you exactly what happens in the fourth Ashes test, which starts Wednesday, who the players to follow are, who the ones are not to follow, the trades, the strategies, the in-plays, and most importantly, the weather forecast. Lovely. Looking forward to your uh, meet turn at Meteorology, Hawkins. Um, we've also got those all-important bets and the five-point challenge. But first, as ever, we're going to check in with a series outright on the Betfair Exchange, where England are 4.5, Australia are overwhelming favourites at 1.45 and the draw is at 6.8. Um, coming to you first, Ian Bell, um, you've gone into depth on this topic, I'm, I'm assured, in your exclusive betting.betfair column. Please go and check that out. Um, but is this the ultimate clash of styles? England desperate to win, have to win, to have any hope of regaining the ashes. Um, slow scoring probably cost Australia in the last test, but they only need a draw here. Talk to me about this um, this this conundrum. Yeah, well, first, I think it's going to be a fascinating test match, isn't it? Hopefully the weather, which will play a part at some point, doesn't play a too big a part. But, um, you know, the smaller the game, again, it suits England, doesn't it? I think England will be all out aggressive, aggressive as they have been all the way through the series. Uh, I think Australia will probably look back, actually, in the second innings, in particular, facing Moen Alley. I think they were a little bit passive, could have been a bit more positive and proactive. We saw that with Steve Smith's dismissal, that maybe actually that frustration of watching Kawaja and um, Labashain just patting back for a period of time just kept England in the game. So when they got a couple of wickets, um, they weren't scoring quick enough and putting any pressure on England at all. So I think there was a, a bit of that. I, I don't think that changes Australia's tactics too much for what we've seen throughout the series. They'll look to bat big and, and, and they'll do the same things they have done with the ball. Um, but fascinating to see how England go about it. All, all gear again, I think the same. It will just be all out attack and uh, see where we get to. Okay, um, Hawkins, time for you to put your Michael Fish mask on, please. Um, one of the many factors at play is, is obviously the weather, as we've touched on already. Um, lots of betting angles because of it, though. Can you tell us about some of those? Yeah, I'll give you in-depth weather forecast later on, but it's basically poised to be an absolutely brilliant uh, trading test because of that weather forecast. We could see all three possible results trade odds on at some stage, and it's obviously... Perfect for in-play punting. Um, and also, as the test goes on, England almost certainly 
will put time back into their test or they will try to put time back into the test so we could have some absolute chaos on the match match odds markets uh, with prices collapsing and drifting exponentially because of what Stokes does to try to force a result. Um, Just be wary that England may well be taking time out as soon as they can. Okay, brilliant. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, glad to see you've joined us. Impeccable cinematography on your backdrop as well. Great. Um, Can, I'm going to come to you quickly and Richard Mann for a nice little betting flavour, maybe an hors d'oeuvres, so to speak, um, from this test, um, i.e. make it snappy. Richard, you first. Uh, Last couple of years, Old Trafford test matches, we've, we've... We've seen the lower and middle order do really well for runs in the top batsman market as well. And we had a 100 to 1 winner last year with Rabada top scoring for South Africa. So that's a flavour of what's to come from me. And that, that will head up my betting strategy for this week. Okay, Paul. Just, I mean, I'm going to reiterate the core message I come up week after week. The way to bet successfully on cricket is to be a contrarian, expect volatility, and bet on the swings happening. Um, this is how, how you bet on cricket. This series has been perfect. It's worked on all three. And as Ed has explained, really, I mean, Old Trafford looks like it's absolutely perfect for this. This really does look like the perfect trading test. Okay. Um, well, uh, on that, Ian, um, in episode 203, you were concerned that the Old Trafford pitch would better suit Australia. Is it fair to say that with a week's um, thinking time, you probably hardened that view and that it, it looks like it's... Um, they're going to win this game and the series. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, like, as we said, I think when you look individually, I think we, me and Ed were talking earlier. There's certain grounds you enjoy. Steve Smith loves playing at um, Old Trafford. His record. So when you get to grounds you like, you generally have good memories, and, and, it, and it sort of carries on from there. I do feel like, as a surface, like when you go to Headingley and you go to Edgebaston and Lords, you can nearly get a wicket that does suit. It can be a green seamer, but Old Trafford, the saw everything's just a little bit different. I've never seen a green seamer at Old Trafford in my time. Yeah, you might get the overhead conditions that swing around, which might make it interesting. But in terms of a surface, it's pretty hard. Um, and you're going to have to pitch incredibly hard. Obviously, Mark Wood, again, if he touch wood, he's available and fit, uh, which could make it interesting. But the overhead conditions might make it swing around a little bit. But generally, it's a good pitch, more like an Australian surface out of all the pitches we play on in the summer. OK, and, and obviously on that, sticking with you, Ian, the, the England attack, I mean, Stoke's not fit. Doubts about Anderson's form. Robinson looks like he's not going to play. Um, Wood's injury record, no no leech. Uh, Broad, you know, going to the well, four tests in very short space of time. Um, how important is it for us to consider, you know, the fact that England are presumably running on sort of proverbial fumes, um, you know, and, and what impact is fatigue likely to have on such a sort of uh, tight schedule? Uh, I mean, don't get me right, it is a... It is a uh a cram dash series, isn't it? Five test matches in a very short period of time. I think, look, I think with all the bowlers, I think they'll get through it. Broad Anderson, is this their last series? We don't know. So I don't think they'll be thinking about that. I think they'll just be thinking about the next game, given everything they've got. Uh, and that's a simple, I think Broadly, if Warner plays, Broad has to play. Simple as that. I mean, for me, I look at that team, you know, I think the momentum England did have and the way they played, for me, it's Anderson in for Robinson, and it's exactly the same. I think you have to play Wokes because of the balance of the side. It looked so much better having Moen at seven, Wokes at eight, and then and then the rest of the bowling. Um, and obviously, Mark Wood was a huge, huge difference. So one change for me in this next Test match, and hopefully that is enough for England to to make it 2-2 and set up an amazing one at the Oval. 
Moeen up to three, presumably. We're talking about that at some point. Um, Richard Mann, you're a resident patriot, I, I fear. Are you worried about the pressure on England? You know, that's probably the one area I wouldn't be concerned about this England side. Whatever you think of Basball, McCullum, Stokes, and I don't think it's perfect by any stretch, but I think what they have done really well is they've got this England side capable of bouncing back from defeats. You remember last summer, they hammered New Zealand, then South Africa came to town, beat them easily in the first test. Dean Elgar was was saying plenty in the press about Basball work against this quality of attack, and then England just bounced back. Two big big hammerings of South Africa won the series. And I think they deserve so much credit for bouncing back from 2-0 down in this series. And both tests they could have won, couldn't they? They definitely should have won at Edgebaston. They were probably 40 minutes away, more of Stokes away from winning the second test. So to bounce back at Headingley was, was fantastic, really. Showed great resilience in a nervy run chase. Pressure won't get them beat this week. I don't, I don't think this England side is set up like that. Now, they may get out, skilled out, battled, but I don't think it'll be pressure that lets them down. Okay. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, how important is it from a betting perspective just to focus on pure odds, put all the noise to a side? Because um, it's all about the wrong prices, really, for, for, for our listeners, isn't it? 100%. 100%. Um, betting is all about numbers, and it doesn't matter what you're betting on. These are like golden balls. Always zoom out from the noise. Forget things like favouritism, patriotism, and even be prepared to be against recency bias. When you're watching cricket, just because it's easy, it's, batting's been easy for the last hour, two hours, don't assume it's going to stay like that. The fundamental nature of test cricket is the conditions changed. And, you know, cricket is really, of all sports, extraordinarily numbers-based and conditions-based. So I would just say, you know, come up with your theories before the match, have your plan, stick to it. You know, obviously be open-minded, but try to stick to the plan you already had. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, Paul Krishnamurti. Um, quick bit of housekeeping. Don't miss Ian Bell's exclusive content on betting.betfair, plus session-by-session session updates on the Betfair Exchange Twitter handle throughout the fourth test. Um, business end. Uh, this is the lowdown for the fourth test. Betfair Exchange odds. England are 2.44. Australia, 2.46. Bet draw is at 4.5. We've got the teams in a second. But um, Michael Fish, I'm back over to you again. Um, for your weather forecast. Yes, thank you very much. Talk about having a plan. I've got very much a plan uh, set up for this fourth test, as Paul said, to be getting against this draw because um, we've got rain around, but does rain mean that the ball's going to do more zip around, uh, be muggy conditions, etc. Uh, days one, two, three uh, interruptions, but the afternoon is looking not too bad for those first three days. And it's the fourth day and the fifth day where we could really see some uh, in particular, carnage. Nevertheless, a 53% rain chance on the fourth and a 70% chance of rain until 1700 hours on the fifth day. That's BBC weather forecast at the moment. I've seen worse weather forecasts than that uh, in my time. And I've laid the draw on each of those and it never uh, fails to uh, let us down. So uh, I'd be very, very surprised if the draw goes off at 4.5 by Wednesday. It'll be shorter. Ian, how much does the weather come into the players thinking ahead of a match like this? Were you one for looking at the rain radar? I don't think one cricketer would ever, ever not look at a radar. They'd lie if they said they uh, they never looked at one. It was always nice to have an hour off the field from time to time. Um, look, I think it actually makes it quite exciting for me because when you listen to Brendan and Ben um, and the way they want to play the game, they're not looking for a draw. So what does this mean? I mean, in England, the way they play five days, 
they don't need five days to win a test match. They can win it a lot shorter. And if it is overcast, it does move around. Will it go five days anyway? Probably not. Um, will we see Ben make a declaration that sets up a game? Will we see him try and chase something down that's ridiculous? Uh, who knows? Uh, I don't think Australia do England any favours by teeing up a game, but I think England will find a way they have to. And that's what Ben, and in particular Ben, but with Brendan, they've not, they're not interested in the draw. So, yeah, let's see. If the, if the weather does get in the way for two or three days, what they do try and do to win a test match, because there could be something pretty maverick coming. Ian, can I, sorry, can I just quickly ask you, you said you've never seen a green seamer in Manchester, but when the rains come and the overheads come in, does it, does it dart around there? I mean, surely it doesn't stay flat. I remember a test match that you drew with, with yeah. Australia on the fifth day, mm. you remember you got rain and, and yeah. did a bit yeah. that morning. It does, I mean, it can do it. It doesn't feel like it was the same as what Headingley did last week. I mean, it's more off the surface. Um, as I said, just a, it just always feels when you get out there, it's very different kind of soil, different block. But yeah, I mean, in England anyway, if the lights go on and it's overcast and the, the clouds roll in, you know, it can swing around a lot more. Uh, it just never felt that kind of venue as much as others, if, if we put, put it that way. There are definitely the edge baston as a home ground. You knew that if the sun was out, the same pitch could be so flat to when the clouds rolled in, the lights went on. It could feel, could feel like a totally different pitch, but it felt a little bit more consistent, I would say, at Old Trafford. Okay. Okay, um, Paul Krishnamurti is the closest thing we've got to a Mancunian on this uh, podcast. Uh, can you talk to me about the draw price? Well, I said last week to take the four to one, and I'm still very keen at seven to two. Um, the forecast I've read is exactly the same as Ed's, same on the Met Office. Um, now, it's very normal for Manchester, but actually, it seems to be all over Britain at the moment. So I'm thinking this is quite reliable weather. Um, the way I would look at this is that. The trajectory of matches at Old Trafford is generally that batting starts pretty easy. I think we've seen four of the last nine scores here, 400 plus, six of them 350 plus. So when there is that interruption, when there are those interruptions on the first couple of days, as Ian said, it isn't headingly this. It's not an ex obviously you're going to get an effect from overclass conditions, but it's not nowhere near as extreme. I think there's a very good chance the batsmen are going to survive that not do too bad in the first couple of days. And then we're going to be in a position on Friday, Saturday, where the forecast is just terrible. And the draw is probably odds on, certainly a lot, lot shorter than six to four. Um, I do think it's probably worth laying the draw at some point, but not for a long while. I think that, as I say, come Friday, Saturday, this is going to be much, much shorter. Okay. Um, possible lineups, please, now with um, Hawkins. Which report to come? Yeah, Crawley, Duckett, Brookall, Moeen at three, depending on the match situation. Maybe even Root if the ball's soft and England under in 50 to one. Uh, Root, Stokes, Bairstow, Wokes, Wood, Broad and Anderson. Robinson missing out. Australia, Warner, Kawaja, Labashane, Smith. Head, Marsh, Kerry, Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood and Murphy. That's my okay. guess. Okay, lovely. Ian Bell, um, anything to add on those 11s? Does Murphy retain his place for Australia? Are England going to go after him? Also, I, I am interested on your take on whether Harry Brook has the game to bat three. Uh, I, I completely think that is the the two 11s. I think Murphy will definitely play for sure. He has to. Uh, I think as Paul just said there, if there's one ground in England, it can deteriorate at the back end and spin. This is the place. So you have to play your frontline spinner. I don't think they could get away with just part-time spin. So I think that'll be Australia. Um, Harry Brook at three. I would imagine he would start at three. In the test match, like he did at Headingley, 
but I could see second innings that all changing very quickly. If there's a chase on right, left hand, they could they could definitely do that. For me personally, I'd rather have Joe Root walking out three, but I know it's just something he just doesn't want to do. Um, you know, and that that's on him. And arguably, he could sit there and say there's no one better than than him to bat at number four with his numbers. But I would feel much more comfortable with him walking out of three. Does Harry Brook have the game long term? Yes, definitely. He's got the defence. He's got the tack. I think he needs to get the balance right of how he's going to use both. Um, I think long term, definitely. It's a bit of a concern if it is overcast and um, and New Zealand, uh, sorry, Australia have got that new ball coming at him. Can he get through it without being over attacking? It uh, be uh, put a seatbelt on and watch that one. I would imagine. Is it absolutely beyond the realms of possibility that you're going to laugh here, but it'd be very basball if Chris Wokes batted three. Now, now hear me out. I know you think I'm absolutely bonkers, but Australia yeah. are going to be unwilling to go short with a new ball and get it scuffed up too early because they want to try and preserve it and get as much seam and swing out of it as possible. So that'll save him from the short ball stuff. It means Moeen can go down to eight and, every, and Brooke can stay at five. I know it's a massive long shot, but then you're looking at Gloss of 40 to one top England first in his batsman. I just, I, it'd be very, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be as, put it this way, I think there's more chance of it happening under McCullum than Silverwood. Um, I wouldn't be all that surprised. I think that's a good plan. I like that. Ian, you, you, you're laughing. Uh, no, 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 I think Ian's I've played with Wokes in. I've seen him score first-class hundreds, so I know his quality. Um, as you said, if there was ever a leadership group that could do it, this is it. Um, what I loved about having Wokes at eight, if I'm honest with you, just that second innings, what I saw was a guy that doesn't have an ego. You know, he's not going to play those massive, big, huge attacking shots that some of the other guys will play. He'll play the situation relatively, relatively calm feels like a bit of a safety valve at eight for me, if I'm honest with you. A bit like Folks does sometimes because he's a very different style batter. So the other guy, so I like him at eight. But I look, all the you know, I'm not against it. Ability-wise, I could see him actually doing it as a one-off. But uh, I, I don't like the thought of him walking out of three. But let's see what happens. Get Jimmy up there, Richie. Um, <laughs> Reverse well, sweeping. Like, um, okay, um, Hawkins, pitch report, please. Yeah, very good for batting in the county championship. Two games this season, big runs. There's been one draw in the last nine tests. That's over 10 years. Five of those won both side batting first. South Africa rolled for 1-5-1 last year, but previously runs galore. Five of the last six, 350 or more. Some real whoppers included in that run. Uh, England batting first. Do not rule out an early declaration. Be checking those par lines when they're seven or eight down. Be very surprised if they don't do another edge bass than Stokes get some Australia in for maybe a last session, uh, half an hour or so um, on the first day, something like that. Okay. Um, thank you, Hawkins. Um, Ian Bell, an Ashes turn on this ground, one of four overall at Old Trafford for you. Um, you've talked a little bit about the pitch. Um, you know, give us any more pointers you could or, you know, any word on what, what it's like from the county circuit this year, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think as Ed just said with the numbers, I think if you get in as a batsman in particular, because it's a hard square, the ball comes on, you know, there's, there's good pace. Anyone who can play off the back foot, you know, pull and cut, you're going to score a lot of runs. But also you can hit through the ball. It doesn't have to be a half volley. You can hit on top of the bounce, which, as we said, that suits Australian batting as well. So generally it's a place, yeah, if you got in, it felt like uh, it was a particularly hard place for you to get out or somebody to get you out. You had to make a big mistake. So expecting big runs uh the deterioration was a the factor certainly when i played in the past but we were lucky we had someone like graham swan who was world class monty panasar at times as well could spin it there as well so you know having played there when it does turn i mean again 
you want quality spin because part-time spin or spin that's not accurate can still go and, and still score at a good rate. So, um, yeah, it, it was always good memories for me there. I enjoyed playing, as I said, with the pace and the bounce you could get. Uh, a really enjoyable place to bat. Thanks, Ian. Uh, all of which doubles my conviction that this is a week to back Zach Crawley to go big. Um, but let's move on. Uh, Paul Krishnamurti, innings run strategy, please. Do you agree with Hawkins? Absolutely. Um, the numbers in Cat Championship and the history of te- recent tests of this ground says you've got to go overs in the first innings. Like, I've thought throughout the series that both of these sides have a really big score in them somewhere if conditions allow, like 500 plus. And I've been back in there, really big odds about it winning yet. I think this is the best chance yet. And I think that due to the failure to get big scores so far, that the par line would be set quite low, probably around 350. Um, so I would be looking in the first innings to be back in 450 plus, 400, the three lines, 450, 475, 500 plus, maybe in 525 at a silly price. Um, don't do that in the second innings at all because there's only been one 250 plus in the last nine, third or fourth innings. But for the first innings to do that, and just to know, even when you're back in overs, though, even when you've got a position that is massively overs, keep the collapse on side. It, it happens all the time. And just to explain, a very lucky bet, or not lucky, but, you know, miraculous get out I headingly. I was on 375, 400 plus for Australia, too heavily, heavier than I intended to be on. And I ended up somehow or another getting out level just because as that partnership was developing between Marsh and Head, I was laying 300, 325, 350, really silly short odds on. And then the collapse happens and, and you're out of it. So always keep that on side. It's always, always overpriced the late the collapse, extreme collapse. Okay. Um, any other trade strategies in place from Richard and, and Paul? Keep it snappy, please. Yeah, middle order for me. Uh, Walks and Stokes made hundreds here last year. I think the new ball did the damage. And, and actually, if you look at both innings against South Africa, it was like, 60 for four, and then the middle order rescued them. Rabada top scored for South Africa from I think number 10. He was 100 to one. So I'll be back in Stokes and Marsh for 50s and probably quarter of the odds then for centuries as well. I think middle order the way to go. And we'll get to the top batsmen's later, but a few, throwing a few quid at really big silly prices down the order might be worth a go as well. Okay, Paul. Okay, so just to put some more meat on, on the uh, bone of the draw plan. So I'm going to back the draw now, 7-2, sit on that for now because I think they'll be bigger later in the match, and then take a contrary position in in play, which is to do the my old system of backing both results at double the odds in play. So that means once we start, if the odds are as they are now, you'd place an order to back England at 3.9, Australia at 4.3 to have the same returns. And then when we start, I'm going to back the draw again when there's a wicket. Because I think that they generally, the market overreacts to a wicket. And I just want a nice big draw position heading into Friday when I think that the reality is weather forecast dawns. Okay. Thank you, Paul Krishnamati. A reminder that even if you've blocked Ed Hawkins's at cricket betting Twitter handle, there is no escaping him uh, through the fourth test where he will be live in play on the Betfair Exchange Twitter handle with all the angles. Right. Now, um, batting coach hat on Ian Bell, please. David Warner's called you up, wants you to assist with his Stuart Ball broad problem. Um, what are you going to tell him? Apart from Pass on that one. Carry on the same. Would be quite nice, just for two more test matches at least. Um, oh, 
it's all mental now, isn't it? Technique, I mean, is one thing. He does come across the ball, doesn't he? So he's going into out with broad that just holds that ball up in towards the slip. So that's one technical area that gets him in his footwork. Has always been a little bit susceptible at times. That's why I think in England, if you can get the ball moving sideways, you know, bowling it him in particular in Australia is a completely different thing. You know, with good, true wickets, the ball doesn't seem that much. He just hits through it. No real footwork. Very aggressive. But over here, that just doesn't work the same. So again, I'd question if he knows his off stump at the moment. I'd argue if, if Labashane as well has lost that off stump, what to play, what to leave. Um, and he's all entangled. So as a batting coach, it would be a very, very hard conversation to have at the moment. If anything, I'd probably go the other way and nearly go, right, let's just go for it. Let's try and take him down. Let's get him before he gets you and see if you can take Stuart off that line. And then has he tried to do that too much this season? Probably not. He's prodded a little bit out there. I'd like to see him be a bit more aggressive at Stuart Broad and and see if that can change something. That's what, how he got into the Australian side in the, in the first place with this T20 player that went at the top of the order. So I'd probably go that way for him. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting uh, the, the the growth or regression of David Warner in that sense. Um, other Hawkins, can you pick up some prices, please, um, from what Ian's just said, um, and and then give us some data for batters on the first innings, please. Yeah, Labuschagne under thirty point five first innings runs five to six with Betfair Sports at Warner over under twenty four point five five to six. The pair in the overs one industry is interesting, isn't it? If uh, Warner decides he's just going to go at um, Broad, for example, Smith double last time, uh, so expected to go to work, go well. 11 to 10, 50 first innings, ton 72. Root and Stokes average 58 59 first innings at Old Trafford. Stokes boosted to sevens by Betfair Sportsbook first innings, top bat. Root 6 to 5, 50. Stokes 11 to 4, 50. These are first innings, and the pair 92 and 81 respectively first innings, ton. Okay, uh, Richard Mann, you're shorting Warner runs here at twenty four point five with Betfair Sportsbook, um, five to six the price. I, I think we've just about summed up why, but can you explain any shed any further light? Well, everything's Ian said, and, and just the beauty of a, a five match test series. Really, there's no escaping it when when someone's on top of you that can they can keep that foot on your throat. And I just don't see how Warner gets out of this rut now. I think Broad's all over him, so. This was probably the one ground I thought Warner would have a chance against Broad, like Ian said, more Australian. But I just think mentally he's, he's gone, really. You saw the wry smile at Heddingley, like, here we go again. And, and I just struggle to see how he gets gets past that now. OK. Um, Ian, which bowlers um, are you backing to do well here? Well, I'm hoping that if Mark Wood's fully fit, I think he's going to be right in the mix again. I think he... If he can get back to that pace at Headingley, obviously he's had a good few days to rest. That's going to be massively important. So I think he's going to be England's, um, you know, biggest threat. Uh, and Australia certainly didn't look like they enjoyed that as well. And actually, the, the encouraging thing about Mark Wood wasn't just the pace, it was the swing. You know, I've seen him bowl some quick spells before. The fact that he was actually shaking the ball in the air was was seriously impressive. And then I still think someone like Cummins and Hazelwood bowled well here. I've seen them bowl well at Old Trafford before. Tall, hit the pitch hard. Uh, challenging that top of off stump, and um, in particular coming. So this, the, the two standouts for me. But I think Hazelwood will have a bit of a say on this pitch as well. I think this is what he does really, really tall, bashes away on a good length, um, which is a little bit different to just getting that ball up a fraction at some of the other venues in this country. So this, they're, they're the two from Australia, and, and Mark Wood's the big one, and and hopefully a fresh Jimmy Anderson that has a bit between his teeth because I reckon that would have hurt Jimmy watching uh, Headingley in particular. He's bowled on two really flat, slow pitches, and then. Finally, a pitch with a little bit in it in bowler-friendly conditions. He's had to sit and watch it. And, and knowing Jimmy is the character he is, he'll be desperate to come and do something this week. 
Okay, um, Hawkins, some bowler data, please. Yeah, well, it's Broad versus Anderson, really, for England. Broad strike rate at 35 at Old Trafford, Anderson 54. That's the last 10 years, so not much of a contest in terms of the numbers. Five to two plays, 10 to three, Broad versus Anderson. First things, top bowler. Uh, Wood, no test says three to one, and Hazelwood, just mentioned by um, Ian, is 10 to three as well. Top Aussie first innings bowler. Okay, um, quick fire round here, fellas. I want three words from each of you, uh, Ian Bell, Richard Mann, Paul Krishnamurti. Um, they consist of the result and uh, or, or the winner and uh, two players who do well. Uh, let's start with Ian first. I'm hoping the weather doesn't get in the way, but I think it might. So I'm going draw, which I don't want to see. I want to see a Maverick England win from nowhere in three and a half, two and a half days. Um, but I think Wood and Hazelwood are going to be stand-up bowlers. Richard Mann. Uh, I'm going Australia win, I'm afraid. I'm going Cummins and I'm going Ben Stokes. Paul Krishnamati. I'll go draw, Stuart Broad, Pat Cummins. Okay, lovely stuff. That brings us nicely to the five-point challenge. Best bets still to come, of course, Andy and Bell's um, final thought, which is the reason you're all here. Over to Edward Hawkins in the meantime. Yeah, at BillyMag69, a new challenger on the five-point challenge. Winner stays on. We've not had a returning champion for weeks and weeks. It's a tough old game, this. So, BillyMag69, five points go on 1.13 to 2. Moeen Ali, top England bowler, first innings, 1.9 to 2. Root, first innings, ton, 1.5 point. Smith, first innings, ton, 72. These are Betfair Sportsbook prices. One point. Kawaja, first innings, ton, 13 to 2.5 a, a point on Cummings from out of the match at 12s. Straight to Paul Krishnamurti. And then Richard Mann, please, for your five points. Okay, I will have three points on Stuart Broad to take over 2.5 first innings wickets at five to six. I'll have 1.5 points on Pat Cummings, top Australia wicket taker, five to two. I'll have half a point on a Harry Brook first innings ton at 15 to two. Right, so I'm going to have a point, Ben Stokes, first innings 50 at 11 to 4, and half a point, Stokes, first innings century at 8 to 1. And I'm going to have one point, Mitchell Marsh, top first innings Australia batsman at 7 to 1. A point, Pat Cummins to be man of the match at 12 to 1. And then one and a half points, David Warner, under 24.5 first innings runs at 5 to 6. Marvellous. Uh, as Richard Benno would say, that almost does it. Um, just about time to hand over to Ian Bell for his last word, please, regarding Old Trafford. Yeah, I think it's, well, teed up to be an exciting test match, is it? I, I think it's really been mentioned so far as well. So the weather's going to play a, a, a part, but I do expect some some things from Ben Stokes. I expect a, an aggressive batting lineup with an early declaration, trying to make as much time in this game as possible. Hopefully it's not, like I said, ruined by the rain, but I expect something. England have to try and find something. You know, Ben and, and Brendan have spoke a lot in the last 12 months about living to what they believe in. And that's they don't, they're not going for any draws. So this test match, if it's anything to go by, then uh, it could be interesting watch. It could go one of two ways. That could be an Australia win because, you know, that's what they have to do. They're Australia going to do them no favours. So fascinating to see how this does pan out for the next five days. OK, thank you very much. That wraps up Cricket Only Better, episode 204. Please do not forget to check out betting.betfair for all the fourth test Ashes analysis, including end of play guidance, the in-play action with Ian Bell and Edward Hawkins, 
on Betfair at Betfair Exchange. Um, we will, of course, I hope, see you for cricket only better to 205. Um, the big question is, will the Ashes still be alive? Thank you very much.